It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's an end of an era in San Antonio. Welcome to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Jeff Garcia, your host for today's episode and lead writer at the Spurs Zone, where you can find at News 4 San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. I'll be joined by none other than Jim Lefko, my colleague over at News 4, and of course, the ever-present, always ready to contribute, Joe Garcia of Two Shots Podcast. But... Unless you're living under a rock today, I'm pretty sure you heard the big news that shook San Antonio and the NBA world. Mono Ginobili has officially retired uh, after 16 seasons in the NBA. And, well, needless to say, a lot of Spurs fans are uh, a little touched, moved, emotional about this uh, big news. And it pretty much signals the end of the big three era in San Antonio. Of course, Popovich is still there, but who knows how many more seasons he has left in the tank. Let's go and bring on the panel again. Joe, Jim, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. And I'm going to start off with Jim. Jim, you heard the news. We've been hearing about it all in San Antonio. What was your initial reaction? Well, I think it was probably similar to what everybody else in San Antonio is feeling today. Uh, sadness. Yeah. Um, you know, personally, as a member of the media, uh, he was always the go-to guy uh, for us. And not only because he was friendly and engaging, but he was thoughtful. And, uh, you know, that's a rare commodity in sports these days. And, uh, you know, look no further than uh, the guy who had half of his number, uh, Kawhi Leonard, number two. Uh, great athlete, yeah. but, uh, you know, not the most thoughtful, uh, perceptive interview in the, in the clubhouse. And then there's Manu, the exact opposite. And, uh, you know, the things that have been said about him over the years, about how great a man he is, how great a player he was, but he treated the media with such a respect and dignity that uh, I think that's why you're seeing, uh, you know, it's just across the board that uh, the respect of his peers, the respect, respect of the fans, and the respect of the media kind of all came together in this uh, wonderful human being. It certainly did, Joe. Uh, you know, obviously San Antonio is um, taking it pretty hard right now. And, you know, his teammates, uh, well, I guess former teammates, it's weird for me to say that, have uh, taken to social media, have said a few kind words about him. But it wasn't just Spurs fans and Spurs themselves. A lot of the uh, uh, NBA world also reacted too, didn't they, Joe? Yeah, I even saw tweets coming out of the likes of Donovan Mitchell. Um, I even saw something earlier today. Somebody had posted about Kevin Durant. Uh, right after the Warriors had, had defeated the Spurs in the playoffs, asking him if this was Manu's last game, what do you think? And he's like, it's a, it's an honor to play with him because of the you know, competitive nature that he has. He's, he's one of the most competitive players out there on the court. And not only that, but he said it was fun to play against him because he would elevate you. you know, you're, it, He would force you to elevate your game to a higher level just to try to compete against him. So... There's, you know, a lot of mutual respect, a lot of love for Manu right now from, you know, some of the NBA greats that we have in the league right now. 
Yeah, exactly. It's across the NBA world, uh, everybody is reacting to Mono Ginobili uh, calling it a career, um, and is going to be sailing off into the sunset, and his name will be enshrined in the Basketball Hall of Fame one day, and of course his number will probably be, ha- be hanging in the AT&T Center shortly as soon as the season begins, so that's pretty much a no-brainer. Uh, but Jim, one thing you mentioned about was just how personable he was in that locker room, just how engaging he was with the media and let's face it jim you and i've been in that locker many a times you obviously more than i have uh hey sometimes it's kind of hard to pull uh some nice quotes out of uh, spurs players uh considering how tight of a grip the spurs pr have uh not only in the media but also in the locker room but man he was he was such a go-to guy uh, what about him off the court we know what he did on the court but can you touch more on what he did when he wasn't wearing the spurs uniform and and, and you know putting up his sneakers well, it, it really hit me in the last couple of years when you see all these uh, Argentinians uh, making uh, almost a uh, religious uh, mecca-like trip to San Antonio to come see Manu one last time because he'd re- retired from uh, you know the national team in Argentina. And every game, home and away, you'd see the Argentinian flag. You'd see these folks uh, come up and engage with Manu. And uh, that off-the-court uh, you know demeanor of his, uh, it wasn't an act. Uh, he was he loved interacting with people. Hopefully he still will continue in some capacity. But then, you know, you talk about the off-the-court stuff. Marcus Aldridge had an incredible tweet today, and, uh, you know, as so many did. And he was talking uh, about how great Manu was in terms of influencing Marcus to take part in more team activities than he ever had in his entire career. And what a remarkable thing to say about somebody. That not only was he a great teammate on the floor, but he, he influenced somebody like Aldridge, who, you know, was the star of the team last year, to take part in more team activities. And I took that to mean both uh, team dinners on the road and maybe, uh, you know, some interactions with fans and community service type events uh, off the court. Um, so that's the kind of you know, legacy he's going to leave. You know, a wonderful player, sacrificed himself for the team, and, and made everybody around him better. And I think that's that's why people loved him so much in the city, because, you know, you can't be born seven foot. You either are or you aren't. You can't teach that. But here's a guy who had a body, and he's still tall, he's six six. We could kind of relate to him because he got every ounce of uh, athleticism out of that body. And uh, I think it's why he was so uh, attractive to fans in his community, because we could relate to various aspects of his game, both on and off the court. And it's why it made him, I believe, the most popular spur in, in franchise history. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Joe, when we were talking on your show, Two Shots Podcast, earlier today, one thing you mentioned uh, to me, you said that he was the adopted son of San Antonio and, you know, how the fans pretty much were engaged with him and pretty much locked in with him. You know, Jim touched on that right now, but you had some interesting points on that as well. Yeah, it's, you know, Manuel's going to go down, it's just like Jim said, is he's going to be one of the most beloved Spurs players of all time. And the reason is that he was able to speak the language. You know, he was able to speak Spanish. He was able to reach the, the fan base here in a way that no other player before them has because he could interact with them. You know, he could talk English. He could talk Spanish. I mean, he actually took the time and he actually cared about the fan base. You know, he really appreciated them. And 
he made sure that they knew that. You know, every time he like you were saying, he was very uh, courteous. You know, he was a very courteous player. And then you don't really see a lot of that nowadays. You know, it's it is very rare. And Manu was, you know, headed head the heads above everybody else when it came to that. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better teammate, nor could you ask for a better ambassador of you know international basketball than than Manu Ginobili. I mean, he's gonna go down as if not the greatest, you know, Spurs player in history, as, you know, certainly one of the, the top five in my book. Jim, uh, Joe brought up a good point right now. We know what he's done in San Antonio wearing that Spurs uniform, but what he's done internationally uh, for his home country, even before he even came to the NBA, I, I mean, it is just insanity. I mean, if he never even stepped foot on the NBA court, just his international record alone would even get him into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's a, he's a gold medal winner, and uh, people forget that. You know, there's a lot of nationalistic pride, people rooting for the United States in the Olympics, but uh, Manu picked himself up a gold medal playing for Argentina. And uh, you look at some of the teammates he had then, and uh, it wasn't a who's who of NBA All-Stars. Uh, there were certainly some NBA players on that team, but he made everybody around him better. And uh, what a consummate team player he was that he showed on the international stage. You know, he played quite a bit, uh, you know, overseas for years, and I think the uh, the transition from international ball to NBA ball uh, was an easy one for him because he knew how to suit his game to pretty much any kind of system he was in. And, and don't forget the, the Euro step. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. funny, a guy from Argentina is generally credited with the creation of something called the Euro step because, you know, when he played ball over there, uh, this guy revolutionized the sport. And I think his legacy uh, goes far beyond San Antonio uh, and far beyond even Argentina. Uh, he left uh, Mark worldwide. And uh, I don't know, you mentioned the word ambassador. Um, if they had a position for ambassador of sport uh, internationally, he'd be the guy that I would nominate to fill that position. Yeah. Uh, because you never hear a negative word about the guy from anybody, uh, both on and off the court. You know, he led by example, a consummate team player, and he had nothing but the best interests of the sport uh, at heart. And uh, I think he, he showed us all his soul. And I think that's why he was so popular. Jim, where does he rank among the international players uh, to come into the league? You, know, you have names like Manu and Dirk and, um, you know, even those that are still making their name for today, like Rudy Gobert, and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Um, is he top five? Or is he He's right up there. Yeah, I, I think you have to put him at the top. You know, uh, certainly to, if you're from Australia, you're going to pick somebody from Australia who, uh, you know, made their mark in this country. And certainly there are lots of Europeans. But, um, you know, I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that uh, has made such a mark uh, on both stages, you know, being so successful internationally and so successfully in the NBA. And, uh, you know, it's funny. We think of him as our own. But, uh, you know, he mm-hmm. came to San Antonio uh, you know, in the middle of his career, in the middle of his life. You know, he was uh, drafted in, what, 96, uh, spent a couple of years mm-hmm. overseas, and then finally came here and played 16 seasons. But, you know, he's 41 now, and he's only played here for 16 years. So he's lived most of his life away from San Antonio. Uh, as much as we want to claim him as ours, I think, uh, I think he belongs to the world now, and, uh, and I think he always has. Yeah, he really, he really has. I, I was um, at MSG, Madison Square Garden, last season, and I witnessed that a group of um, Argentinian fans slash Manu fans sitting in the stands. They were right behind my press box, and they were just chanting, uh, you know, the, the usual, you know, Manu, Manu. They were humming that song the entire game. Every time he touched the court, grabbed the ball, whether a rebound, even he missed a free throw. I mean, they were just chanting his name. And Joe... Uh, it was almost like the writing was on the wall. Like this, 
really shouldn't come to too, too much of a surprise. There was a hope that maybe he would just give it Uno Mas, as a lot of Spurs fans were hoping. But when you look at the writing on the wall, yeah, TD obviously long off and retired. You know, who knows how much uh, Popovich has left in the tank. Uh, Tony Parker has sailed off into Charlotte, uh, now a Hornet. Weird for me to say that. And you're seeing an influx of uh, the new the new generation of Spurs fans. Should, should Spurs fans or maybe the NBA world even be shocked by this news? I don't think anybody was shocked by it. I mean, I think everybody knew it was coming. They just were trying to delay the inevitable. You know, they want they wanted to be selfish. We all did. We wanted them to come back and play one more one more season. Give it one more go. Uno mas manu. You know, it was the hashtag, the outcry from the fan base here in San Antonio. But given everything that he's done, I mean, you can't fault the guy for calling it quits. You know, he is 41 years of age. You know, he's a four-time NBA champ. He's a former, you know, uh, six-man-of-the-year award, award winner. And he's a two-time NBA all-star. What more does he have to prove to everyone? Yeah. You know? Exactly. He's done it all. He's exactly. done it all. Exactly. And, and Jim, uh, Joe brought up a good point right now. Um, what more does Mono have to prove? When I heard the news... I, yeah, there was a part of me that was a little sad knowing that he will not be in the AT&T Center or even on you know, road trips anymore. But there was a majority of me that actually was full of happiness simply because of, like Joe said, what more did he have to prove? He's done it all. I'm happy for him that now he can spend time with his family, and that, that's huge in his book. If you follow him on social media, that's all he promotes is just his family and the trips and his wife and his kids and he, he shares moments uh with his uh, son uh you know frequently on his twitter um you know you know i think that's his next chapter it's just to be a full-time father unless you can think of something else like <clears throat> maybe uh coaching with the spurs or nba or maybe even Ar- in argentina i think he could do whatever he wanted um he could be a commentator yeah. He could be a coach for the Spurs. He could coach Argentina's national team. Uh, the sky's the limit. And I think uh, if he's like a lot of athletes, uh, I was around Peyton Manning near the end of the, his career in Indianapolis and then when he retired from Denver, and he's still kind of figuring out what his next step is going to be. The great ones who are financially set, uh, they can take their time. And, and like Manning, uh, one who has young children. So it does make sense for him to want to be around them. And I think his, his twins are eight years old and his youngest son, Luke, is four. Those are great childhood mm-hmm. years. And how cool for Monty that he'll get to be there. Maybe the next TV coach is, is his kid's basketball team. <laughs> yeah. how, how neat would that be? Uh, he's certainly nothing he could do during basketball season if he was an active player. And now maybe he can coach all three of his kids. And uh, how, how fun would that be to be uh, a little boy that got to play on one of those teams uh, with Monty as our head coach? And I think he'd be wonderful at any level be it 8-year-olds or 18-year-olds or 28-year-olds. Uh, what he can offer yeah. the game, it's up to him to decide what he wants to do, and I'm excited to see what the next chapter is going to be for him. Yeah, I'm excited to see that as well. Uh, Joe, uh, again, you know, we talked about this earlier today um, on your show. You know, what now? Uh, do, you, do you think he's going to stay in San Antonio? You know, I told you that I, I foresee him maybe – maybe bucking the trend and not being a Tim Duncan, a Sean Elliott or David Robinson, you know, I, I you know, staying in San Antonio, I can actually see him go back to Argentina and with the heroes welcome and, you know, residing there and maybe visiting San Antonio from time to time. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? 
Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. I really think that that's uh, exactly what's he, what he's going to do. You know, he he loves, you know, being here in the United States. Him and his family are, you know, have gone to visit some of these uh, historic places because Manu's a, a well-defined you know defined guy. You know, he likes, he's a man of culture. He likes to go out and look at things about, you know, that are educational. You know, he likes to be, you know, entertained by educational things and science, technology, stuff like that. And he he's been going around, you know, all summer with his family visiting, you know, various spots. And I think it's time, you know, at, at this juncture, I mean, he's done everything that he could possibly do here in America. You know, he he's uh, I think his heart desires to go back home and, you know, have his and raise his children there because that's where he grew up, you know, and that's where where he became the person that he that he is. So what better, you know, ending can you can you uh have for Manu Ginobili than for him to, you know, hey, you know what, I'm going to hang it up. It's been real here in, in, in America, but I think I'm going to go back home and, and raise my family and, and spend my golden years out there, you know, having fun. And he's going to start a new adventure, and that's going to be a family man. So kudos to him. Uh, Jim, what do you think? You think he'll stay in San Antonio or return home to Argentina? He's got enough money to, uh, to have houses in both countries. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I uh, like to think he's going to stay here. I think his kids have been raised uh, in America. Yeah. I think they like the uh, lifestyle here. Um, I don't know the security situation in Argentina, but I'm guessing it might be you know, a little bit safer here for a family, especially one with uh, the resources mm-hmm. he has. So, and again, if he takes advantage of any of the NBA opportunities that might be coming his way, uh, maybe, again, I'm too close to the situation, but I, I hope and, and think that the, he'll probably stay around here because uh, I think he's seen how well uh, Duncan and Robinson and then all the rest of the state here, Elliot, uh, have, have ad- adopted to uh, mm-hmm. post-playing career life because that is an adjustment. And it's great to say you want to be a family man, but uh, I think we heard Michael Jordan say that he wanted to drive his kids to, to school, and that lasted, you know, however long it lasted. Uh, I'm not comparing uh, Ginobili that way. I think he'll, he'll be a great family man, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him stay here. Uh, I think this is home for him, and yeah. uh, he's been here for 16 years. And uh, if I had to, to had to uh, guess or put money on it, I would guess that he'd stay here. Yeah, exactly. And you know, uh, Jim, I'm pretty sure you saw my uh, little uh, time with Clyde Drexler, the commissioner of the Big Three. He's all about pushing for Manu Ginobili to join their league. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I. I doubt if we're going to ever see that happen. I think when Manu announced his retirement, he was like, I'm done. <laughs> he's, he's yeah. knows, he knows he's done. The body, the body just can't, can't do what it, the, the heart wants anymore. <laughs> you know? So he, he knows it's, it's time for him to spend time with his family. I think that's really what's going to happen. And you know what I'm going to really miss guys. I'm going to miss Manu Ginobili and the great HEB commercials. Who's going to take <laughs> his place now. We don't have a Timmy. We don't have a Tony, and now we don't have Manu. It's going to be weird oh, watching well, these commercials. <laughs> well, we have a very uh, charismatic rookie, Lonnie Walker, and uh, who knows if DeMar DeRozan would be willing to do something 
down down that road as well. But yeah, it, it's uh, I think his playing days are pretty much over. Jim, I believe the uh, Manu's agent even touched on that recently. I think he spoke with our colleague uh, Chuck Mikatinik about that, saying that he Manu was just completely done; that he was spent already. Yeah, I don't. And that that uh, three on three league, I think, is more for uh, non Hall of Fame players. Uh, they would talk yeah. to Duncan too. I mean, that's yeah. the, the Chris Bergman Andersons of the world, but uh, maybe have a little bit left in the tank and didn't uh, play as many years as Manu did. I mean, there's a lot of miles on those legs. And uh, El Contuzion uh, took quite a few for the team, and I think he's uh, happy to be healthy. That uh, he retired without it being an injury that forces retirement. And I think the last thing uh, he's going to do, at least in the short term, is want to get back on the court and uh, subject his body to that kind of, uh, you know, yeah. mayhem when, when there's not an NBA title or an Olympic gold medal at stake. So, yeah, I'd be really surprised to see him. But, hey, the guy's a gamer. And uh, you know, who knows if mm-hmm. he's going to some kind of uh, athletic outlet after a while. But uh, maybe he'll get it uh, playing one-on-one with, uh, with his children. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I mean, Tim Duncan, he still gets the itch from time to time. And you'll, you'll see him in the uh, practice facility in San Antonio or – you know, hooping with guys. So, I mean, hey, he still has an outlet if he just wants to sneak in and get some run with some of the younger Spurs um, that are now going to be taking that mantle moving forward. Joe, now what? You know, Manu's gone. The big three era, at least player-wise, is over. So what does this mean for San Antonio going forward? Well, it's going to be a transition period. And I know a lot of Spurs fans hate that word. They Do we have a lot of fans here who have never been through a transition period? You know, because the Spurs have been so great over the course of the last, you know, 20 plus years. It's a transition period. You know, it's time for the younger players to step up and come into their own and see who's going to step up, step up as a leader. You know, who's going to take this team on their on their shoulders and, and will them to victory. You know, it's it's going to be a little bit different, you know, for, mm-hmm. for all of Spurs fans, you know, all of Spurs nation here. They're they're just not used to it, you know, but. It was inevitable. We knew it was going to happen. And, you know, this is going to be the end of the big three three era. And it's going to be the start of something new. So we should all be excited about that. There, the future looks bright. You know, we just we just got to give it some time. It, we have to have some patience. That's the thing. I think we have to be patient. Yeah, a lot of patience will be in order. You know, the influx of new players uh, in the offseason, DeMar DeRozan, uh, John Caputo, the rookie Lonnie Walker, who knows if he'll crack the rotation. Derek White is expected to get more playing time. But, hey, you know, a lot of the uh, players share their sentiments for learning from Monaghan Open. DeJounte Murray is one of them. Uh, he, he talked about on his social media today uh, when Mono announced his retirement, how much he learned from um, – Manu uh, Rudy Gay even said that he's lucky to have a chance to play with one of his favorite players ever. So um, it's going to be a big void left in that locker room and on that bench, Jim. But when you look back in Manu Ginobili's uh, career, Jim, uh, how would you sum it up? Boy, um, yeah, all the things we've talked about. Uh, I think yeah. I can remember. Um, you know, it's, it's I guess a negative, but it's a positive. Uh, the charge he took when uh, he injured his groin area. Um, yeah. Who else takes the kind of charges he takes and has the injury that he came down with and then returns to playing competitive basketball? Uh, it's it's yeah. unfathomable to me. You know, it, you know, you can think of all the the fun positives, the you know, the swatting the bat out of the air and the dunks and the four titles and uh, you know, posterizing Chris Bosh. 
But I think I'll go back to his toughness and, uh, you know, again, just the willingness to take a charge in a random game at, at physical peril uh, that he could care less about because it was what was going to help the team win. And I think uh, that, to me, is the defining moment of him and as a as a the consummate gamer. That uh, yeah, know, he probably he probably injured every part of his body at one point in time, and he'd be the first to say that it was worth it because uh, it was all in the, in the aim toward making his team better and, uh, and trying to, you know, win as many championships as he could. And his, and not his to, statistical record speaks for itself. Yeah, and not to mention, too, he played with a broken arm, I believe, or an elbow uh, versus the Grizzlies in the postseason a few seasons ago. And, you know, the guy just played through it all, you know, broken bones, literally broken bones. Uh, Jim talked about losing um, part of a, you know, area of the man that's very sensitive and uh and so on and so forth but i mean for me jim and i think you could probably relate to this um my memory of monogenobi is going to be off the court and when i was barely starting off in this media world um i uh, was um on the rudy road trip with the spurs and one of their stops was uh, philadelphia and mind you you know having built enough equity with the spurs uh pr brass and uh um, the uh, the Sixers announced that all locker rooms were open, and I walked in, and um, Manu Jolie was sitting by himself, and nobody was around him. And uh, he told me locker rooms available, so I approached Manu and I started talking to him. And then I just hear the top of their lungs of Spurs PR rep just screaming at me, saying, "Jeff, that's not how we do it," you know, and they give me the look of death. And then right in front of everybody, so you have the entire media there, Philly and San Antonio, just staring at me like I just committed some sort of high crime. And I didn't know any better. So I walked away. Manu saw that. Um, He read his stats. He laced up his sneakers. He knew that I was a little embarrassed. And he looked at me and said, come here, I'll talk to you. And I, that stuck with me for the uh, rest of uh, my uh, media days up until now, uh, that he was aware, knew enough that. I was still green behind the, wet behind the ears, and maybe I didn't know the etiquette in the locker room, at least the Spurs etiquette, what they expect from the media, but was willing to let me talk with them and let me chat with them for a couple minutes, and um, just for him to be aware of how I was treated and how he wanted to kind of like make it up for me on behalf of them, like, hey, that's not how we work here, Jeff, you know, I'll talk to you, you know. And that stuck with me. He even spoke to me in Spanish. We did a little segment in Spanish too, Jim. So I'm always going to remember that. Yeah, and I've seen him be that way countless times. Yeah. When the, you know, you always have the pushy fans that want to get up right in front of his face. Mm-hmm. And he would see yeah. he would see the small child that was lingering in the back and make an effort to connect with him. Or you know, when yeah. all those Argentinian fans were there, maybe there'd be a younger person that wasn't getting you know FaceTime with Manu, and he'd make a yeah. point to either shake his hand or give him a, a sweatband or or do something to connect with people because he just had a big heart, and uh, I think that's why he's so beloved. Uh, there probably are thousands or tens of thousands of anecdotes, just like the one you just uh, told us, mm-hmm. that, that go to the char- that go to the real character of the man. Yeah, exactly. Joe, what about you? Uh, your fondest memory of Manu on or, or on off the court? Joe, your final memory or on or off the court of Manu Ginobili, and we'll wrap it up. Yeah, hold on, I'm getting this weird feedback. All right, final memory of Manu Ginobili. I'm always going to remember Manu. My fondest memory of Manu is him swatting the bat out of the air. <laughs> I'm going to always remember him as Bat Manu. That's how I'm going to remember him forever because no one else has ever done that except for Manu Ginobili. (laughs) 
Well, if you want a good laugh, go look at the uh, Sacramento Kings uh, Twitter, official Twitter, and that they posted that as their favorite memory of Manu because that happened against the Kings in San Antonio. Uh, but, yeah, we'd like to hear what you uh, have to say about Manu Ginobili and his retirement. What your fondest memory? Let us know. You can catch me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. You can catch Joe on Twitter at Two Shots Podcast. Just spell it out. And, of course, Jim, you can follow him on Twitter and talk Spurs, NBA, whatever. Simple, at Jim Lefko. So for Joe Garcia, Jim Lefko, I am Jeff Garcia, and we're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.